Dude, talk to me about moving. Talk to me like you've just moved, haven't you? Yeah. And um, and you've had to move all of your stuff. Yeah, I mean, okay, and, and I will say, I will say this. So I still have access to that old space, so I still have some of my stuff there. So when I'm doing YouTube shoots and I need to have like all my audio gear, I still do it there. But I'm doing podcast interviews and like you know tracking, like lighter tracking from this space. Which is good, uh, but I mean, yeah, I dreaded. I dreaded it for you. I, I've moved house, dude, with all of the it, gear that comes with sort of like having. It's enough. Did you like? What did you? How did you do the bases? Like, did you like? So did you just I sort mean, of like do them all at once? Or I'm doing you... them. I'm doing them sparingly. We have we have the luxury of not having to be out of there right away. So every time I go and I do a YouTube video over there. Yeah. I yeah. then bring back a, a, like a carload full of bases. Because <laughs> so, you have dude, and, quite a few bases. Yeah, yeah, I have a few, <laughs> and, and I've got I've got all the cases too. Like I can't bring myself to get rid of the cases. And my sweet yeah. wife, man, she's like, "What?" She she's not saying throw away those cases. She's like. There's like a crawl space, kind of like this little, like almost, you know, crawl space closet. She's like, maybe that's just the base case closet. Yeah, like, oh, you're a, you're. She's so nice. I, so I feel like I, most I people would be like, I didn't get even rid of think those. about the case. I didn't even do think the, about the case, dude. So, so, so I have. They're kind of the big problem, aren't they? Yes. Yes, because you can line, you can stack instruments in boats. Like I have those cases that the you know they go sideways into, right? Oh, you've got those sexy like stu- what are they called? Boats, yeah. Boats, yeah. Or at least that's what they're called in like the touring. Like the first time I heard that, someone's like, "You got a guitar boat?" And I'm like, "Like a like a boat that's shaped like a guitar." <laughs> He's like, "I'm, no, I'm man, looking like cases. on a guitar boat." Yeah, guitar boat. <gasps> they are. Yeah. Oh, dudes. So to stop the podcast right now, go look at guitar boats. These are like sexy. The actually, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything custom yeah. made or anything. I just have uh, like the Fender. Fender makes kind of a cool seven seven uh, guitar stand where you can you know line up seven instruments, and the the actual case looks like a Fender hard shell case. I have a couple of those, and then I just have a couple of like K and M you know stands that just i think you have some of those too scott you have something where they stack in but i've got like i'm looking at these sort of like guitar boats i'm actually gonna retract my initial statement i was like oh yeah it is guitar boat actually i put guitar boat in and then i'm and i went to images and all of the images are actually of a man in in a massive boat that looks like a guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, that's what I thought in the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it looks like Google understands because of the power of Google. They understand the uh, the terminology of guitar. They understand what I want to see, and they have shown me lots of posh cases with like that velvety material. Yeah, and, oh like, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh. It's so fancy. Yeah, it's I have like, a it's whole. Like, it's like a. It's like an it's what are them sort of like mattresses that just like are so awesome that you kind of sink into them. Yeah, it's maybe like, a memory foam. Yeah, it's uh, like a memory kind of, yeah. foam mattress for your base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in this new space, you know, I'm right now. I'm against you know, like this is uh, out to the backyard here, but I'm gonna start to shoot against this mantle. There's like a fireplace over here yeah, yeah. and all this shelving, and I just need to redo it because it's horrible at the moment. But after we redo it, that's gonna be the new shot i'm really excited so i actually have a couple contractors coming over to give me bids and 
going to make it really cool. Um, so Love and I'll it. bring everybody along on Instagram on that process. <laughs> and <laughs> if we, you want to follow along. Uh, like, I just interrupted you earlier as well. Were you about to out yourself in terms of how many bases? Are, you, can, like, you, you, you were talking about cases, and then you kind of went, because, like, I've got... Uh, and then I interrupted at the, at the critical... <laughs> to, at that critical point, Dude. I stupidly said something. Were you about to out yourself? I know it's more than 30. It is more I, than 30. It is more than 30. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of hard shell cases, yeah, th- there's got to be oh, in between. How many cases have you got? Dude, in, in between 30 and 40, for sure. And that, and that doesn't even include the gig bags. It's a problem, dude. It's a problem. I feel like we just made an episode, you know, not too long ago on like music listening habits and why you need to, you know, and and don't be looking at reverb and talk bass and eBay. You should be listening to music and that's the way, but I am a walking contradiction, man. I, part of it is I just love, I love how they look and feel and the aesthetic and like everything about bass guitar design, everything is so fascinating and cool to me that I find that I just get like pulled in, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, I, we talked about what was it? That, what was that, that episode that we did? We called it, I think is, is the golden age of boutique bases dead. And we went deep. <laughs> we went deep into talking we about deep. luthiers and yeah. artisan bakeries and oh, oh, yes. oh yes. so good. Yes. But you know, like it actually got, it got me thinking about, I, I, I guess because I'm the same as you. Well, maybe I'm not the same as you. I have, you can let me know, but I have guilt. Every time I buy a bass, same. I feel a little guilty because I'm like, I don't really need this. I could just have one bass. Yes. And and when we were talking about all of those, you know, boutique basses, and, and we actually talked about other things in that episode, highly recommend that you go check that out. It was a couple of episodes ago. It's called Is the Golden Age of Boutique Basses Dead? Go check out that episode if you haven't already. And we talked about the fact that, you know, all of the legendary boutique makers, yes. Mike Tobias, uh, Vinnie Federa, um, the guy, uh, Carl Thompson, you know, all there's, a, a, there's a, a bunch of them, right? They all kind of started around the same time. Sadowski. Yeah. They all started around the same time, late 70s, early 80s. And they're all in their late 60s, early 70s now. Yes. Sorry, I said that wrong. And they're all, they all started making bases in the late 70s, early 80s. That's right. And then they're, they're all in their late 60s and early 70s now. Yes. Meaning that if there is nobody to hand the mantle to, to take over the business, these base manufacturers will cease to exist. Right. They won't make bases anymore. We've seen that. We've just seen it in the UK here, status bases, or you guys call them status bases, that, you know, Mark King kind of was like the guy who I think, may, you know, are playing For those sure. bases. They, they've just folded. They're not going to – all of the guys were late 60s. They want to retire. There was nobody to hand the mantle to, so they are out. No right. more status bases, status bases. And you you kind of sort of like made a comment last in that episode, and you said – if people are looking at the instruments now thinking, oh, like these are really expensive, you know, it's like $6,000 or whatever to buy a bass. You you made this comment, you were like, it's going to go up. Just it's wait. It's going to go up. And I think that you are, you know a lot about basses. You have a lot of basses. And what I wanted to ask you is, yeah. you know, over the, if you look at the last 10 years, 
of you putting your base collection together. By yep. the way, side note, since kind of like us geeking out about bases, it's the first time in my life that I'm like, I actually want a base collection. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> we were talking about a few days ago. You were telling me about Geddy Lee and his base collection. I was like, oh, I really want a base collection. Anyway, I'll get back oh. on point. You, with you, with your base collection, right? It's music and, to and, my ears, dude. Yeah, right. So the, obviously, you know, the... The the title of this episode is Can You Spend Thousands of Dollars on Bases But Actually Make Money in the Long Run? Mm. Like, yes, we feel guilty about it now, but considering what, if you are intentional about the type of base that you're purchasing, right, over time, will it be worth more or, or possibly a lot more than when you first bought it? Could you speak to that a little bit? And, like... I would love to know if you've got a general idea of if you buy a bet, like how much does a base go up? Let's and like hypothetically say, like, you know, Ken Smith, Federa, all yeah. of those types of like and fenders, how much do they go up in a decade? Yeah. Go. Ian Allison, <laughs> go. <laughs> I mean, you know, first of all, like, can you make money? Let, let me. Do you mean, can you make, would you make money if you sold the collection? Is that what you mean by, can you make is money? Is it going up in value? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. down in value? Is, right. Yeah. Is this a commodity that's going to appreciate or depreciate? Yes. If we yeah. got sort of like $10,000 and we spent it on a car tomorrow, mm. in 10 years, that car for pretty much is going to be worth a fraction of what you, you spent yes, on it, right? Yes, yes, yes. Unless you're way into cars and you know yes. the model that, yeah, I know, exactly. right? Exactly. Bases mm. are different. Bases are different, right? I think that's right. And and yeah. I don't know that every single instrument that you buy is going to go up. I mean, there are probably certain brands. There, there's stuff that is... Uh, seems like they go through this phase of like, ooh, you know, they're, they fall out of fashion and then they go, you know, the the deals are great and then that's the best time to buy because yeah. inevitably everything comes back around. All the things that I didn't think, I never thought the 80s bases were going to come back. I never thought the 90s bases. There was a time when you could buy a Ken Smith base for a fraction of what they cost now. Used Ken Smiths were selling for like 2000 bucks, and now they're like 10 yeah. I mean, it's wild. And so everything does come back around. Um, but I think if you are excited about it, it's a great, actually a really fun way to invest money. Um, the thing is, they're not easy to sell, right? But they're easier to sell than a house. <laughs> they're easier to sell in many ways than a car. I mean, there are a lot of websites that you can put them on. I mean, even, geez, even Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. I'm not buying this stuff to make money and sell, but it is wild to see the value of this stuff go up. And let me just speak to vintage for a moment. So like vintage Fender, right? And Gibson and Hoffner and all that mm. stuff. It, we we all know that that stuff has really gone up there. You know, no one's making a sixties jazz bass anymore, but here's something interesting. I bought a 65 precision bass. I think it was about five years ago. And I bought that bass, I think for $5,000 or maybe it was 5,500 and it's super clean. It's a sunburst, um, L plate. I, I just have it here. Let me grab it. Go for it, man. What so, year is it? 60? It's, it's a 65. And 65. so if you're watching the podcast, and it's beautiful. It's It looks almost brand new. 
it's crazy with that crazy old tortoise shell and it's you know crazy, the yeah. the great spaghetti logo and yeah. you know and this perfect amazing p-based neck and the l plate on it and i mean it's it's lovely it's when they used to hand spray all the and you, know, you got sunburst that finishes five and a half k Yes, and now I think this base is worth over $10,000. So it doubled in five years. Doubled in five years. And that and, and we experienced a big spike during COVID. I remember when COVID happened, I've said this numerous times, that I thought the value was going to fall out. I mean, and I remember too, like you contacted me during COVID and you were like, we just don't know what's going to happen with the business. Like nobody knew. Nobody you were like, knew, yeah. You were so, dude, you were so nice to me. You were like, hey man, like I know everybody's really hurting. Like maybe, I don't know what's going to happen with our business, but maybe we could throw you a seminar. Like, <laughs> like you know, like pay you like 150 oh, bucks yeah. to do a seminar. Because, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, great, dude. Yeah. Yes, please. Because everybody <laughs> lost gigs, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, and you were reaching out. That was, man, that was really really cool of you actually but everyone was scared we didn't know what was going to happen and i just sort of wondered you know will these just be useless will they be firewood in the apocalypse you know and no they actually went screaming through the roof mm-hmm. and i don't know that there has ever been a period where we've seen like a hard fall like the bubble has never burst in the vintage guitar market i think that that's true there might be someone that says well there's a period where they went down a little but it wasn't like oh man now these things are worth nothing that is not going to happen. Even with the advent of all this technology and AI music and all that, people will always, at least for the next hundred years, I think, will always <laughs> want, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like, is there, a, you know, like a really high market for vintage loots? But probably there is actually, um, you know, so, so I do think it's a good investment. And I, I've told this before too, but I have a, a really great friend named Dan Folds who says, if you like, if you're a player, and you're a musician, you like basses, guitars, whatever, and you also are motivated by them aesthetically, like you, you think they're beautiful, like art. He's like, it's the best art you can buy because yeah, it's really the yeah. only art that makes art. So he calls mm. it double art. He's like, think <laughs> about it. He's like, think about it. You buy this thing, you know, you could buy a painting for $5,000 and it would sit yeah. on your wall and it would do nothing. But this, oh, this is a tool to make art. Are you kidding me dude you buy this for five thousand dollars it's going up over time in five years it's worth 10 and Mm. you can play it on records and make art with it and like it's the dude it is the most intoxicating commodity to buy of all time for me (laughs) no shit dude you've nearly got 40 of them (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's wild. I don't think like if I looked around my collection, I even I don't even like to use that word because I have a bad connotation for like collector. To me, like collector means not a player. And that is not what I am. I definitely am. You know what I mean? Dude, (laughs) you are a base collector. God damn it, dude. (laughs) It's okay, dude. It's okay. Geddy Lee's a base collector as well. Yes, cool. he is. Oh, that dude, gives yeah. me a little yeah. more. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know it's bad. Sleep, sleep easy, dude. Yeah, sleep easy. You're inspiring <sighs> me to do it. Oh, it's so funny. I mean, I think that 
there isn't a single instrument that I've purchased that has like, oh no, now this isn't worth anything anymore. That just doesn't happen in this market. Yeah. Now that said, it is a little bit of a misnomer to think like, oh, I'm going to buy this collection of bases and that's going to put my kids through college or like you hear crap like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that's just not very realistic or like, oh, this is my life savings. And so when I die, like my kids will sell them and make all this money. Well, it's hard if you don't know what you're doing. It's difficult yeah. to sell yeah. them, you know, yeah. and get top dollar for them. So don't think like, oh, if you sink, you know, 10 grand into bass guitars that then you're going to be able to trade them like stocks. You got to mm, freaking save mm. the case and you got to dust them and you got to play them and you got to <laughs> lemon oil the fingerboard and you got to, you know, tweak the action. And I mean, it's a, you know, it's a responsibility, but it's a responsibility that I'm happy to take on, baby. Absolutely, <laughs> man. It and it's, it's, it is, I guess it's sort of like, it does make me feel a little it, it lightens the load, though, honestly, when I think that, hey, I'm going to be buying this bass. Let's say it's like 5K or something like that. If you buy the right bass, it's not going to go down in value. No, that it won't. Makes, that, it, it makes me feel good. I'm yes. like, even if it doesn't go up in value, it's like, oh, bought this bass for 5K. Hmm, if I don't like it, I'll get 5K for it. Oh, there about. Maybe a little bit Seriously. more, maybe a little bit less. That is pretty cool, actually, it's knowing very that. Yes. Yeah. There are very few commodities that that's true of, right? I mean, yeah. homes, maybe. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you gamble on with coins or stamps. I mean, I don't know. But like, there are very few commodities that just don't lose all their value. I mean, think about computers. Think about what we spend on smart devices, oh, laptops, dude. phones. Dude, dude. And, and, I, and I know the, the value of them is very high because we use them. We're addicted to them. We're, you know, we're using them to, to do this right now. Yeah. But the, in terms of the, the monetary value, they just, they completely die off. It's brutal. Yeah, off, yeah. I, I mean, although, although then, you know, there are like those first edition iPods that are worth some of that stuff is nostalgia coming back around again. But yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I, it, and, and, you know, sometimes I'm sitting here and I'm hearing these numbers that we're throwing around and it can sound a little bougie, right? Like if you're listening to this and you're going, God damn it, you guys, like if you're thinking I'm never going to buy a $5,000 base, I hear you. I mean, I, f first of all, I didn't come up with money to do that. I mean, I remember, you know, I've told the story of like saving up all this money from like mowing lawns and birthday money and like, you know, and, and mm, job and playing mm. gigs to buy a Carvin, you know, LB 76 for $700 when I wanted a Ken Smith. Right. But yeah. the thing that I want to say is even if you're not playing in this budget, it's still a good investment. Like, even Squire instruments are worth, they don't go down. It's not like, you cannot find a Fender product, like a, a bass guitar that says Fender or Squire on the headstock for like under $200. I mean, you just can't do it. So it's not like it? you yeah. buy a $300 Squire and then it's worth 50 bucks. It is not, that is not happening. And then some of the old squires are worth money. I was just laughing with, uh, with Corey Wong, man. Cause we did a, we did this thing for the slap bass accelerator. Yeah. We did an interview and we were talking about how like the highway one strat that he loves, like those guitars were not expensive when they came out and they weren't, and they were, really? you know, they were considered, you know, they were like mid level. I don't, maybe they were made in the U S but, or maybe Mexico, but they had like nicer appointments. I can't remember, but they were like a middle, 
not a high-end guitar, not even high-end for just the straight American line, like yeah, certainly not yeah. a custom shop, kind of mid-level. And now that stuff is going for big money. It's probably yeah, because of Corey. Some, you know, yeah, there's but, some weird stuff in the outlier stuff that does go up. What are the sure bets, though? Like if somebody came to you and they were like, you know what, I actually... I want to start like a little base collection. I want to get into it. I don't want to lose money. I'm into vintage instruments. Where would you pick five, five bases that you'd be like, you can put your money here it's, and it's cool. All's good. In fact, it probably will go up over time. The ones that I've seen go up and I wish that I had bought, I wish that I bought 30 more. Um, yeah. in back in the day, uh, Fender is 100% a sure thing for me. Which, which Fender? Like the almost vintage ones? Anything, almost, almost anything. Almost anything. It won't lose its value, especially if you buy it used, right? Now there's certain things, you know, there's certain things from the custom shop, like the active jazz bases are, are lower on that list. But if you're buying something used that says Fender on the headstock, it's not going to go down from there. Um, and, and certainly vintage, if you have the money to buy, a conversation piece or a really beautiful instrument, you know, like this, like a 65 P bass, even now when they're 10 in five years, they're going to be 15. So yeah, yeah. If, if you, if you can, and you want to do it, it's never a bad time to do it. Um, and then also, so Fender for sure. And vintage Fender and people sleep on weird designs on Fender. Like, check this out. I bought a, <laughs> the first year of the music master Fender, uh, which is a student instrument, crappy, crappy short scale in quotes in Daphne blue, 1971 Daphne blue, rare color, the original fish head tuners on it. Yeah. I bought that on Craigslist for $900. It's worth four grand. That was probably, that was three years ago. Three years. What? Ago. It tripled. Quadrupled. It's worth three or 4,000 bucks now. It's so crazy. You, so it, and it was a limited edition color. No, well, it was just, you know, that year they made that color. And then I don't know if they made it in 72 or whatever, but you know, yeah, it's like, it's the, it's that blue that you imagine. Like if you, if you think of the JMJ Mustang or something, it's that cool kind of light blue color. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's incredible. Uh, and, and it wasn't seen as like a, oh, this is going to be worth something. But I remember thinking like, Nine hundred dollars for a seventies Fender doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter. This what is it going is. up. This is going. It's up. going yeah. up. I also bought a '66 Mustang first year they made them in Dakota red um, on eBay years ago, and it was like eleven hundred dollars. That instrument now five six. I don't know. It's crazy. See, so this is cool, dude. Everybody's talking about freaking Pokemon cards. <laughs> Get out my life. Let's talk about bases. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's like trading Pokemon cards. Dude, ah! <laughs> I've got these two short scales. Let me just show them to you. Um, oh, man. This here, is basically the, uh, what we're doing. What we're doing here, if, if anybody's like, what even is this conversation about? This is what you can go straight to your spouse and say, this is not <laughs> a waste of money. If we invest this money into this yeah. here fender yeah. and I keep it for five years, that's five years of enjoyment. I'm going to be yes. happier, meaning you're going to be happier. And then we can sell it if we want to for yeah. more money. It's yeah. awesome. Go tell your yeah, spouses. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's what you say. And then you're like, but it's secretly you're like, I will never sell this. You know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Terrible. But that's the 66 Mustang. Here's this cool, um, this headstock is incredible. Those original paddle tuners. 
and this weird logo, they tacked that word base on the end because they didn't have base in the swoop font yet. Yeah. So this is the, the first one's just said Fender on the headstock. This one is got this other logo. And then here's this blue music master I was telling you about. It's this thing, right? Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah, it looks killer. Yeah, they're so cool. And check it out. The fish head tuners are so interesting. They never did this on any other instrument. Um, wow. You know, and it's like, yeah, this was on Craigslist for 900 bucks. And, you know. So, okay. Yes. I've got, I've got more questions. I've got more questions. Okay. I want more. So Fender, what yeah. else? Gibson, 100%. And there's all this Gibson stuff, too, that, like, you kind of think, like, oh, yeah, you can still get kind of, like, grabbers and rippers for not too much. That stuff is going to go up. So for sure, Gibson. Also, one that, unfortunately, just – in experienced a meteoric rise was music man so like music man you used to be able to get um a 70 like a late 70s stingray for like between two and four thousand bucks maybe three thousand dollars i think i bought mine for twenty four hundred dollars they're easily five six grand now easily how long ago is that that was three four years ago they doubled (gasps) Yep. Wow. Dude, 100%. So then what I do is I look at the stuff that seems like to kind of like too good of a deal. Like right now you can get the 90s uh the 90s five string Ernie Ball stingrays for like 1400 bucks. That stuff is okay, going to double. I've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, going to yeah. double in in two or three years. Same thing with um uh oh, like when I bought my fretless Ibanez from the seventies, those musicians, mm. those studio bases and musician bases that were made in the Fuji Gen. I think that's how you pronounce it. Fuji Gen shop mm. in the eighties. I, I think I bought my fretless for 900 bucks. They're easily two or two grand or more now. I mean, what, it's what about Rickenbacker? Like Rickenbacker as well. 100 million percent. So we used to be Fender, able to buy Gibson, Rickenbacker. Yep, yep, Fender, Gibson, Rickenbacker, Music Man. Sorry, I know you wanted me to make the yeah, list. Music um, Man. Hoffner, for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I bought a 60s club bass years and years ago for 2,000 bucks. Now they're four, five, six. Dude, you know, everybody's pumped. Everybody's like, the saliva <laughs> is drooling. We've justified them going to. <laughs> at least consider getting a base yeah. collection together because ultimately they're not going to lose money if they buy it responsi- responsibly, yeah. right? Next question and yep, final sure. question. Yeah, okay, all right. Where, where do we go to buy them? Are mm-hmm. there, like, I look at guys like Andy Baxter, right, who's got like mm-hmm. this great shop here in Leeds and obviously he, he does vintage bases, that's what he does. Where do these guys get them deals from? Are they just scouring the internet every single day for a few hours looking for deals? Like, what's the score? Yes. I mean, it used to be, man, I I used to know this guy that in the Midwest, like in the breadbasket of America, he would go on these week-long road trips and he would go into malls and convenience stores and grocery stores and hang up flyers in these small towns that would say, instruments wanted if you have a guitar, any guitar, I'll pay you cash meet it, you know, and then he'd pick some meeting spot and all these people would bring these dusty cases. Now, I don't know if that stuff is still happening because that was like right before eBay hit and right before there was all this consumer knowledge about this stuff. Yeah. But at like Facebook marketplace, Craigslist in the States, like Facebook marketplace, Craigslist. And then honestly, man, even still on reverb and eBay, like I, 
Scott, this is stuff that I didn't go like. I mean, I did get this blue Fender on Craigslist, but yeah, this yeah. I bought on eBay. I just had a feeling about Mustangs. I was like, oh, this this is going to get big. Coronado bases, base sixes, like that stuff for a long time. No one gave a shit about that. They were just interested in jazz bases and P bases. And I was like, but Fender made all this other stuff. And then that stuff just starts to just yeah. go crazy. So a, a quick tip for you is, and if this price point is too prohibitive, any anything from the 90s, from the early 2000s that you think is cool and you can buy it for 500 bucks, it's going to double in two or three years. I promise you. That's <laughs> don't wild. come back and don't come back and hate me if it doesn't but so, yes but it will. yeah so with this episode uh, it's been a short one but we've given you two really critical sort of like <laughs> thumbs up right <laughs> number one is that you can buy like a base or start your own base collection guilt-free <laughs> because <laughs> if you if you are buying the right instruments ultimately uh they will go up in value. That's number one. Mm. Number mm. two is now you have a reason to sit on Reverb and eBay and uh, <laughs> oh, wherever you're looking for like these deals, you actually have a reason to sit on them for an hour or so a day, geeking out over bases with Ian and myself. Yeah, uh, double art, baby. Double art. Double, double art. Thank you <laughs> so much for listening, everybody. Um, obviously, you know, I asked you last week as well, if you could leave us a review, if you've been enjoying the podcast, leave us a review. Let us know how you've been finding it. Um, you can deal with that on iTunes or the other places where it really helps us get, you know, get the word out about the podcast. You can also check out the video version of this, which is over on YouTube. Just search Scott's Bass Lessons Podcast and you'll find us. You can be our 501 subscriber. People Ow! subscribe been in the bucket load over there and yeah, we're actually just yeah we're just doing a bad job of promoting it anyway but do that and uh, yeah and we'll uh, we'll see you next time around take it easy sure. <laughs>